What's up, everybody? It's Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am uh, joined, as always, by uh, a Tom Brady-loving fan, if there ever was one tonight. Let me tell you, at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello. Hi, Elliot. How are you? (laughs) Come on, man. It was a great finish. Before we even Great get into finish. this stupid Monday night game, can you just tell the listeners about our little phone conversation we had going into halftime of this game? Yes, you said that the Saints were going to blow it and the Bucks are going to come back and win 17 to 13, but that was not the final score. It was not. It was 17 to 16. <laughs> I said yeah. this was like eight minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. Oh. Some great said, throws I, there on the uh, on the last drive. I don't, like to, I don't like to advocate for uh, people losing their jobs. I see. I see you're advocating. Uh, but Dennis Allen shouldn't have a job on Tuesday. The, the mismanagement of the clock in the game, the final six minutes, is as bad as I've ever seen it before. I think if you pulled a random high school t- coach from South Dakota – they could manage the game better than Dennis Allen did at the end. It was absolutely pathetic coaching, uh, and it killed their season. The Saints' season is 100% over now because of just awful coaching by Dennis Allen and his, and his crew. North Dakota says hi. I, <clears throat> yeah, with about five and a half to go, Saints had the ball plus side of the 50. Um, and uh, for all the kids out there, that means they were on the uh, – Buck side of the 50, the Saints offense. Second down, they throw a little swing pass to Mark Ingram. He inexplicably steps out of bound, and I'm thinking he re-aggravated whatever injury he had. He played he st- on the next play, or he was on the field in the next series. That's No, I'm talking about after he got hurt. Mm-hmm. After he got hurt, he came back. He catches that little ball on the right sideline, and he steps out half a yard before the first down market. And he also steps out of bounds on third down on third and one, instead of running the ball, they throw a quick little hitch to the receiver to Callaway. Right. Yep. Not, yep. Or actually not even a hitch. It was just right down the, literally right down the line of scrimmage, run the ball there just to you, run a quarterback sneak. You have not one, but two athletic quarterbacks that are really good on quarterback sneaks. The most important thing in the world is that you keep the clock running and, even if you get stopped on third and one and you gain five inches, you can go for it on fourth and inches and keep the clock running. But instead, they throw the ball, then they have a bad punt, and you you ran off absolutely no time, didn't get a first down. That right there is, I mean. It was egregious. Why, why do you think they did that? Do you think the NFL's fixed? No, it's just. <laughs> That's where, Dennis, I don't know where else to go. Dennis Allen has a track record of doing dumb stuff like this at the end of the games. And this is why I was so confident, even though the Bucks weren't moving the ball at all, that they were still going to win this game is because Dennis Allen has no idea how to finish these games. Let's talk about the next drive. So Tampa Bay gets the ball. They go 90 yards. But you know the one thing you can't do if you're the Saints? You can't give up 50-yard chunk plays. You need to make them yeah. dink and dunk the way down the field. So they go man-to-man coverage, leave Mike Evans one-on-one, and they get a 50-yard pass interference that puts the ball in the one-yard line. They score on the next play. 
what are you doing, Dennis Allen? You've been killing them in zones all all game long, and then you switch to man-to-man? I agree with that point, but I will say fans get really frustrated when teams play kind of a prevent zone. And sometimes you, I want to see teams play more man-to-man in that situation and put pressure on the quarterback, but not when the other team has had such trouble moving the ball on you all game. The drive where the Saints had the ball, was it the last drive of the game? That was an amazing throw by Andy Dalton to but, Taysom Hill. Correct. That that was an awesome throw by by Andy Dalton that should have been caught. But let's back this up a little bit more. First down, they get a four-yard run. Great. Tampa yes. burns a timeout. That Second Ingram, down should be a another run, right, to get to third and two. Maybe you get to third and one, and you make Tampa burn a timeout. Instead, they do a drop back with two guys in route, and Andy Dalton takes like a seven-yard sack. And then you throw an incompletion on third and 11. I, again, it was a great throw, but you wasted 32 seconds, or you used up only 32 seconds of clock in that situation in one timeout, I believe. Yeah, I think on that third down, as great as that throw was, because, man, Andy Dalton dropped it right over the linebacker. The corner had good coverage, right? And, t- and But that was a great play also yeah. by Keanu Neal. Uh, the Buck safety jarring the ball loose on Taysom Hill it was a bang-bang play. <clears throat> but I'd almost rather just, if you're going to get the ball to Taysom Hill, get it to him on a running play. I know it's third and 11. Do it on maybe, second and six. Do it on yeah, second maybe and six. He, either way, you burn clock, though. You burn clock if you run the ball, and maybe you pop one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I really think it was the drive before that that was horribly mismanaged. When you, Oh, yeah. Now, again, I don't know why Ingram stepped out of bounds a yard short of the first down marker. I don't – he had it. Did you see the play? Like He literally just – I tweeted the I don't know what he, I was that was disgust when it happened. It just it's a losing play. It is not only you stopped the clock, you didn't get the first down. And it's not like, oh, well, it would have been close. He could have just kept going up the field and probably got five or six more yards. That was crazy. I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I'm assuming he was hurt. Um, but but even with that mistake, just run a quarterback sneak. Um, third and third and one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, so pretty yeah, ugly the, the, tonight. The Saints, the Saints had a legitimate chance to. Uh, they should have won this game, and with them going into their bye next week, to actually make a run at the playoffs because they have a pretty soft schedule coming up. And now you're four and eight or four and nine. Your season's over, and you've got no four hope. nine. Yeah. yeah, pretty pretty frustrating um, for someone like in Pennsylvania, for example, that might have bet on them going to the playoffs. Like it's a really tough. I don't even care about deal. that part because it's that that doesn't matter anymore. It's just I, I was I, just I, saying I, for like random citizens of Pennsylvania that might have done that, that might have bet I, on them. I the just playoffs. get so sick and tired of watching these teams just make mental mistake after mental mistake. Like, what are we even practicing? Like. That's a six-minute game situation. Every team in the league practices that on Thursday and Friday. How do we not? How do you not have a better way of going out and winning that game? What does Steve Mariucci say about gambling on football? Have a game plan. Um, I'm sweating. I'm taking my jacket off. Oh boy, you're wearing a sleeveless. I yeah. This is. Uh, I might just there. There might be no clothes after I. Keep, I'm I'm hot right now. Emotionally, physically. 
I swear, I you know, this is you look like you were an extra in Flashdance. Actually, not even that. Maybe break into Electric Bugaloo where they're they're break dancing at the beach. Um, you might YouTube that, everybody. You'll see Jean Claude Van Damme as an extra in that movie, break dancing. It's in like a leotard, a unitard. Look, don't be upset. Uh, I'm it upset. Was a, actually, I really, I'm I'm not joking. I'm not. I'm really not. This is not hyperbole. For the NFL is fixed crowd. This is such fodder because it was literally a, a parade of mistakes by the Saints. It's not just the last drive. It's the second to the last drive. And it's multiple, multiple errors that are confounding, confounding. Like, it, again, if you're not going to run a quarterback sneak on that third down on the second to last drive, <clears throat> run your run your tailback, run, run Kamara. Um, Either way, anything's better than throwing the ball a contested pass. And the Bucks were in press coverage. Yeah, in traffic, on third and one. Right? They, I mean, I it was crazy. I now listen. If you want to go for like, mine. if you want to go for the kill shot and you run a play action and you're hoping that somebody gets wide open down the field, okay, that's different. But the most yards Callaway was going to gain on that play is like three yards. The risk is just not worth the potential. Oh, dude, you're being way polite. Maybe a yard and a half top. Maybe. He was barely past the line of scrimmage on that throw. It was straight down the line almost. Um, wow. I, I'm i with you on all of this, on all of this. And can, hey, can we just talk about some other mistakes in this game? Jarvis Landry tries to be cool. One hand catches a pass. Instead, he drops it. Would have been a surefire touchdown. Chris Olave yeah. drops a big pass. Uh, on third and one, Andy Dalton doesn't put enough air on a pass to Kamara. Gets knocked down at the line of scrimmage. They have to kick a field goal. Just across the board, just so many dumb plays by the Saints team. It's just losing football by this team and that they've played all year long. This is the reason why the record is as bad as it is. You know, with Andy Dalton, I really wonder, because I think that play was under center that he threw it to Callaway on the second last drive on the third and one. If he saw their alignment, why not just just keep it yourself? Don't even run the play that's called and just keep it yourself. Uh, literally, the the most famous quarterback sneak in NFL history is the Ice Bowl, Bart Starr, one-yard plunge. That wasn't the play call. The play call was a handoff. Bart Starr just saw it and knew he could get it. I, I'd really like to see that play again because if Andy Dalton saw a gap there, why not just say, hey, I know what the coaches, I, you know, I know what they called. I'm just going to run this and, and get it. And if he doesn't get it, he burns clock and saves his team. If Andy Dalton gets stuffed, on the second to last drive on third and one, the Bucks would have had to use a timeout. Yep. Game over. They would not have had enough time at the end. Game over. You know what's you know what's crazy though? The Saints were so bad on defense in that final two series that they still they the Bucks didn't even have to use their timeout at the end of the game. They had one left. I guess okay. I mean, I guess it's possible, but there's a little when you don't have a timeout in your hip pocket. They have pocket. to play it differently, right? You can't throw yes. the ball across the middle of the field. You can't do some of the stuff that they did. But I, I've just never seen a team play so poorly on both sides of the ball in the last four minutes of a game. Hey, and give Tom Brady credit. Most of those throws were on the money. Uh, the only one that wasn't was the one to the tight end on the uh, in the flat that he had to kind of dive for for five yards. All the rest of those throws. The throw to Julio Jones also was a little bit off. It was supposed to be a back shoulder, but Julio Jones made an incredible adjustment 
uh, on the ball, you know, near the uh, pylon on the uh, left side. Um, My gosh, exciting finish, but it was such a bad finish by the Saints. It really makes you wonder. It almost looked like they were trying to mismanage the game. We're not talking about one or two mistakes here. We're talking about three or four mistakes mistakes. over the course of two plays. Like within one play, sometimes the Saints made multiple mistakes. Mm -hmm. Just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, So the Bucs now, six and six. Uh, They are in the driver's seat, the NFC South, because uh, Atlanta lost this week to Pittsburgh. Obviously, the Saints was uh, the game tonight. They lost. And then uh, what Carolina is out of it. Carolina's four and eight, and they were on a bye. Um, They wouldn't have been out of it, though. If Tampa would have won or lost, they would have been right back in it. And and they've won two out of three with Steve Wilkes as uh, head coach. It's Mm -hmm. – Something else, man. Something else. Um, okay, so we got power rankings to do tonight. Uh, we'll get to the Bucks and Saints. I have, dude. I got to show you something. I got to show you my notes, Marcus. Look at this. I don't know if you can see this, but look at how many scratch outs I have on some of these lines. I had four scratch outs on one ranking mm-hmm. because it was so hard to put these teams together in the middle of the pack. Um, I know there's going to be some that you really disagree with me on. But let's get right to it. We'll go to number 32. I don't think you'll disagree with this. The Houston Texans are parked there. They were awful, again, against Cleveland, because quite frankly, Cleveland was not impressive, and they still won by two scores. What is this Houston team doing better this year than they did last year? Nothing. Nothing. They were competing earlier in the year, but nothing right now. Nope, and they made a switch at quarterback and made themselves significantly worse. Yeah, it's um, it's bad news right there in Houston right now. At 31, the team that was on a bye, I still think they're pretty awful. Their offense is awful. It's the Broncos. Worst offense in the league, and that's pretty yep. shocking. Actually, I think this is going to be the worst offense in like the last 30 years of the NFL, and that's saying something. I was watching Seattle Rams and <clears throat> watching Geno Smith play, and I told Marcus this on the phone tonight when he wasn't uh, – whining at me that Tampa Bay was going to come back and win 17 to 13 is that the gulf between Geno Smith and Russell Wilson this year is massive. It's massive and it's no joke anymore. We're talking about 13 weeks into the season. Like this isn't a cute thing anymore. It's like pretty crazy what the disparity is at number 30. uh, Speaking of disparity, I did not think that the lions were that much better than the Jags. But, boy, did they show they were this weekend. They blew the doors off Jacksonville. I thought Jacksonville might make a little mini run, Marcus. Yeah, Jags defense, man. It's, it is so bad. They are so far away on that side of the ball that it's hard to envision Jacksonville being a contender anytime soon. One thing I did not think was going to happen this week is that I'd have the Rams over the Jags. I do. I have the Rams at 29. They gave the Seahawks a really good game. Uh, Wofford, their backup quarterback, played pretty well. Uh, they weren't able to get it done against Seattle. This is a lost season for this team, but they're 29. Is this the worst title defense in NFL history? Ooh. Oh, now that is a good question. You don't normally have really good questions. This is one of the better ones. I, I was thinking this wasn't a title defense, but I remember the 0-2 Raiders after they made the Super Bowl. Boy, they really plummeted in 2003. I mean, they were like bad. 
mm-hmm. but they didn't win the Super Bowl. I'm I'm really going to have to think about that one. Uh, it's a good call. Uh, number twenty eight. We talked about Carolina. They had a chance to be back in it. I think this is a lost season. Now all the buzz about Carolina is whether or not Baker Mayfield ends up on the 49ers. Yeah, because they released them officially on Monday. Um, yeah, I want to see Sam Darnold over the next couple of games. He actually played well uh, before their bye week. So we'll see. Which is also, we should say, we're doing this right after the Monday night game. So if something has changed Tuesday morning, this podcast won't reflect it. But we try to get the power rankings out as soon as possible. And uh, sorry if we happen to miss that. At 27, a team that got the doors blown off of them in the fourth quarter. But we're actually very pesky for about, what, two and a half quarters, the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Colts. Yeah, it's just hard to watch Matt Ryan. I mean, he, <laughs> we were a little hopeful that Matt Ryan would be good for the Colts, but he's officially washed, washed. Colts are going to be looking for another you know, starting quarterback next year. Um, this team is bad. I tell you what, I think Colts fans are starting to clamor for, for the GM being replaced. I mean, they should uh, as, as much as a quarterback, Chris Ballard. We'll see what happens there. Um, boy, the Colts gave up thirty-three points, guys, in the fourth quarter. Thirty got outscored thirty-three to nothing. At twenty-six, another team I think is really maybe even in more organizational disarray than the Colts are. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. You know, it's really nice to have a week of football and the Cardinals not to play because it's I was telling somebody I was watching football with yesterday. It's like it's just so nice not to have to watch the Cardinals. Um, And that's a pretty bad sign for a team that just gave their GM head coach and quarterback all massive contract extensions this offseason. Yeah, I say that because I think a lot of people think the Colts will part ways with their GM. They've already parted ways with their their coach and no one thinks Matt Ryan's a long term solution. I think the Cardinals are in a worse spot because of where they are with Kyler Murray. Uh, They haven't made a decision on Cliff Kingsbury and they have a GM question mark as well. That's why I say that. Uh, I do think the Cardinals are better than the Colts right now, as far as the team on the field. Uh, That's not saying much at number 25. I've got the Chicago bears. Excuse me. Justin Fields came back this week, made some really great plays, but they lost to the Packers and admittedly a pretty good performance by the quarterback on the other side of the field. Yeah, Fields was a little bit up and down as a passer, but the story is their defense. I mean, Chicago has absolutely no pass rush. Their two rookie defensive backs were out. Again, another team that is just miles away on defense. And you've got to be concerned if you're a Bears fan, right? Like you hire Matt Eberflus, a defensive-minded head coach, and your defense is getting the doors blown off of them every week. It's got to be concerning. I can handle it a little bit, though, because we knew that they got rid of personnel. And so we know they're playing again. They've kind of done what the Colts are. They've already made their peace with what this right. season is going to be. But, the Cardinals haven't. But if you're going to hire a defensive minded head coach, the idea is that he can prop up the talent, right? And that just hasn't been the case at all this season. That That's true too. By the way, when I said Justin Fields looked pretty awesome at times, I'm talking about his running ability in this game. He had a run in this game that was phenomenal. Uh, number 24, I've got the new Orleans saints. We saw them tonight. Actually, I don't think Andy Dalton was really the problem with that team tonight. He made a lot of nice throws. You pointed out Jarvis Landry needs to go up with both hands uh, for that football. The throw to Taysom Hill was absolutely on the money. It was more coaching, and they're still not getting – you know, Alvin Kamara is supposed to be the star on this team. Do you feel like you're watching a star when you watch him? No, I I actually think this is high. This might be the worst coach team in the NFL. I mean, 
right next to the Texans. Like it's that bad. Um, I would put them lower. All right. Do you like the Bengals white jerseys or the jerseys the Saints wore tonight? Oh, I like the Bengals white jerseys so much more. Okay. Okay. Just wondering there. All right. At number 23, a team that uh, lost to your favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we've talked about them being competitive all year. They just don't have the horses. They don't really have a quarterback that can uh, lift their play. Do you see Atlanta still being in this, though? No. They, they've got a major issue at quarterback. Like They had guys running wide open on Sunday, and Mariota just couldn't hit them. And with the Falcons still technically being in the NFC South race, they probably won't make the move to Desmond Ritter anytime soon, but they should. Desmond Ritter, the rookie out of uh, Cincinnati that the Falcons mm-hmm. drafted this year, what, in the third round? Fourth round? Third round, yep. Third round, yep. Uh, the team that was allowing those Falcons receivers to uh, run wide open are the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are at 22. Am I too low on the Steelers? And do you have any better feelings about Kenny Pickett? I think he was fine in this game. Pittsburgh's really running the ball well. Uh, the last five games, 144, 217, 122, 172, 154, they found something with their running game, and it's allowing them to be a little bit more competitive on offense. Yeah, it's definitely something that they need to, uh, if they're going to do anything, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to make a move this year. You kind of wonder, are they just hurting their draft position? But I hate that. I hate the idea of rooting for a team to fail uh, for that purpose. At number 21, team we saw tonight, Tampa Bay Bucks. I know they're 500. I know they're at the top of their division. I think they deserve this ranking, Marcus. I, I have no idea what to do with Tampa Bay. They win these weird games, right? Um, they, they beat the Rams about a couple of weeks ago like this. They beat the Saints. I, I don't know if they're good or not, but Brady seems like he just makes plays when they need them. So. Well, the team right ahead of them also has a star quarterback that people are talking about a lot. In fact, beat these Bucks in overtime uh, a couple of weeks ago with a different quarterback. Uh, that would be the Cleveland Browns. Um, didn't get a lot from that passing game this week, man. No, and you kind of expected it, right? It's been such a long time since Watson's played a full game. Um, he'll be fine going forward, uh, and I think the bank or the Browns will be competitive, but they're really looking ahead to 2023. At number 19, uh, an interesting team, I guess. They're still alive. I don't know if they can do anything. I think it's a little too, little too late for this group, but the Green Bay Packers at 19. Yeah, probably a little too late. They still have major issues, man. Like they very easily could have lost that game to the Bears on Sunday. They're probably going to get to eight or nine ish wins, uh, but I don't think, I don't see them in the playoffs. Isn't it kind of cool, though, when you see a young player? And like, even as a fan, you can kind of see the light bulb come on, like where, you know, they kind of know what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Watson, man, has just yeah. been a different guy than he was early in the year. Doesn't he have like, what is it? Seven touchdowns in the last three or four games. Uh, it's, it's something ridiculous like that. Cause he had three against Dallas. I think he had two against Philadelphia. I know he had one against Chicago. Um, yeah, he's got, <laughs> he, he's got nine touchdowns now. Uh, in the last four games. That's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Okay. Uh, for a rookie receiver, that's that's amazing. All right. Uh, I mean, you'll take nine touchdowns from a rookie receiver all day, um, mm-hmm. from a starting veteran receiver all day. Uh, number 18, 
Another team that's mind-boggling, you can't trust them at all with an uber-talented quarterback. I mean, uh, we just were kind of on our molt. We just went from Tom Brady to Deshaun Watson to Aaron Rodgers, and now we're on Justin Herbert, but you can't trust this team either. No, and again, another team that's so poorly coached right now. I think the Chargers have to be looking at a new head coach, new OC next year. They, this team is too talented to be this mediocre every year. I'm, I'm with you. And so then remarkably at 17, you have the Seattle Seahawks who don't have a marquee quarterback who we uh, referenced earlier. I asked Marcus earlier tonight on the phone, Geno Smith, how many quarterbacks would you take over Geno Smith the way they're playing this year? Not pedigree this year. Well, and I couldn't come up with more than five. In the NFC, especially, I mean, it's Jalen Hurts, and then we can have a conversation about Geno Smith compared to everybody else. Yes. In the AFC, you'd have what Josh Allen, we came up with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And honestly, I think Joe Burrow, Geno Smith's pretty even Steven this year. Uh, if you want to take Joe Burrow, that's fine, but it's awfully close. Um, it's, it's remarkable. Seattle did get a really tough game from the Rams, but they won and they are very much in the thick of that wild card mm-hmm. race. I mean, <laughs> a lot of thought there. <laughs> I, I was just, I, I was just thinking of your Joe Burrow, Gino Smith thing. I, I was trying to comprehend it and I don't agree with it at all, but I was, I'll, I'll let it slide. My point is Gino has been more consistent than Joe Burrow has been this year. Joe Burrow got off to a rough start, but he's been admittedly fantastic uh recently if you want to take joe burrow over geno smith this year that's fine i'm cool with that but think about the guys we're comparing geno smith to right now i know it's crazy you know it it really is okay number 16 i think you'll like this i think this is the right rank for this group i have the las vegas raiders Ah. they put some wins together uh they've won some tough games i'm honoring their road win at seattle if it was a home win Maybe I wouldn't honor it uh, because at this point in the year, it's hard to honor all the head-to-head stuff, but this is a recent head-to-head win on the road. And I think the Raiders are playing at least 500-style football now. In other words, if you took this Raiders team and started the season over, I could easily see them being, say, 9-8. and That is the uh, 16th-ranked team to me. You know what's great about the Raiders is they've done something that's so anti-New England. Like early in the year – Josh McDaniels wanted to spread the ball around to like nine different receivers, have three or four different guys touching the ball and have it be like that new England offense. Now, now it's just Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams. Josh Jacobs had 28 touches uh, against the chargers. Devonte Adams had eight catches and that was basically their whole offense that they figured out that those two guys are good enough just to carry an offense. So why not just lean on them the rest of the year? Another thing Marcus and I were trying to figure out tonight is who are the first team all pro receivers and if Devontae Adams would make that list. Probably not. Uh he won't as in he probably won't make the official AP All Pro team, but he probably should. Uh yeah. at number fifteen, a really difficult team to rank. By all accounts, they've had a really fantastic season for what their expectations were. They're not getting blown out by anybody. It's just their quality of play has definitely come down. Uh, it's the New York Giants who had a tie this week. I, you know, I, I think they still are a bona fide uh, bubble team in terms of the playoffs, but they've definitely come down a couple of notches, Marcus. I was actually impressed by their tie against Washington. I thought I thought they were going to lose that game. Uh, there was a a sequence where Washington in overtime had like a first yep. and ten at the forty two mm-hmm. yard line. 
and they were like five yards away from having a legitimate field goal attempt. And they had multiple negative plays and all of a sudden Washington's punting, right? So I, I came away impressed from by the Giants. But then the Giants had a chance to win it over time. And it looked like they were going to uh, have that happen. And it didn't, it didn't come through for them, the kick. Uh, so the Giants and Washington tied. The Giants are still very much in it, as are the Commanders, who are at 14. Um, you know, Taylor Heineke, what? He's, he's lost one and he's tied one. They've won like five games with him. Um, their offense may still not be great. They had trouble running the football when they needed to uh, in this game. That is a concern because I think the commanders need to have a robust running game if they are going to make the playoffs. I would agree. Um, I, I, I think they're going to make it, though. I, I actually don't have any concern that they're not going to make it. Uh, difficult for me to rank the next team because I just don't know the status of their quarterback. Right now, I probably would take the Commanders to beat the Ravens, but I still think the Ravens are a better team if Lamar Jackson can play. But right now, his status is very much up in the air. Uh, they went with Tyler Huntley after he got hurt. I, I might be high on the Ravens here. It's just difficult to to rank this team. Feels like the exact same thing that happened to the Ravens last year, right? They were 8-3. and three. Or something like that. Lamar gets hurt. They win yep. a game that Tyler Huntley comes in, and then they fall off at the end of the season and don't make the playoffs. I would not be surprised if something similar happens again this year. All right, here's the bee's knees. This is where I really this. If you're gonna if you're gonna come at me on these rankings, this is where it's gonna be. My number twelve team has earned this spot. Can I guess? Won. Go ahead. It's the Detroit Football Lions. Yes, argue with me. I can't. They play really well. Um, they've been competitive in a lot of these games. They play the Vikings this week. And I can't wait to talk about that line because you might be shocked. Well, I watched almost all of that game uh, earlier this year. That game was in Minnesota. Detroit really blew it in the fourth quarter of that game. Um Look, the Lions have won four out of five. Their one loss was to the Bills on Thanksgiving, which you and I agreed. They probably should have won that game. This Jacksonville game, they were in control of it the entire game. We talk about Geno Smith. Jared Goff has had a really nice season mm-hmm. for the Lions. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has been fantastic. Their defense is playing so much better than it did earlier in the year. And remember you were saying, you know, look, Dan Campbell, everybody likes him, but at some point you got to win these games. And since you said that, that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. I, that's ex- you got to be really encouraged about the long-term outlook for the, the Lions after the way the last month of the season has gone. You bet. You bet. At number 11, another team that's got a really promising outlook. Young coaching staff, young players. They did not win this week. But I thought for sure they were going to lose, and they came roaring back late in the fourth quarter under Mike White. It's the New York Jets. Same thing, right? Like super competitive. They were not overmatched in that game at all. And frankly, they probably should have won if Braxton Berrios just catches the ball in the end zone at the end. Jets are for real. Like I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not, but like this is a really good football team. I have the Jets, if you're wondering. I've moved the Jets up quite a bit this week. I have them over the Lions because, not just because of the record, even though the Lions won four out of five and the Jets lost this week, because I trust the Jets' defense a lot more than the Lions. 
and the Jets have a lot of young playmakers. That's why I've got them over Detroit, even though uh, New York did lose this week to Minnesota, who Detroit plays this coming week. Okay, if you got through all that word salad, here's number 10, <laughs> the New England Patriots. Um, they lost, you know, they lost to Buffalo. Seems like forever ago now. That was Thursday. Mm-hmm. They beat the Jets a few weeks ago on a punt return for one of your favorite young players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make of New England? Is 10 too high? Does it feel about right? I think it's too high. Um, Who would you put off, over them? That's the thing. I put the they, lines they, over them. They blew out Detroit, though. I mean, they didn't just beat Detroit. They destroyed Detroit. I know. I think I'd put the lines up. They're just playing better, though. I thought about this. I Because here are the teams I have right behind New England. I have the Jets, who they just beat. I have Detroit, who they blew out. I have the Ravens, and the Ravens, we don't even know what's going on with their quarterback, and you're totally out on the Ravens. So the next possible team would be the Commanders, and I don't know that I could put the Commanders over the Patriots. I think if the Commanders and Patriots played on a neutral field right now, I think the Commanders would be three-point favorites. That doesn't mean they'd win. (laughs) No, it would, but I I would pick the Commanders to win. I I just don't know what this Patriots team does well right now. It's just such an anti-Bill Belichick team. They're, they can't really run the ball. They commit dumb penalties on special teams. The defense looks slow. They're not disciplined. I Over the last couple of weeks, I've been really discouraged by New England. Is that shirt cream that you're wearing? No, it's like a gray color, but I wore it to the gym tonight, so it's probably all sweaty and stuff. Well, I just can't tell where your shoulder start, stops and the shirt starts. Oh, like you. you're thank you. pale. It's I'm sweating like, still. It's the kind of sleeveless shirt that I feel like Stallone would have worn in Cobra, where he played uh, Special Agent Cobretti. Sure. I don't know if that was one that you guys had on VHS. No. It's, I was pacing in my living room watching Dennis Allen uh, screw up the last six minutes of the game, so I'm, I'm sweating. Don't worry. I can keep this to football. That's fine. Uh, Stallone starred with Brigitte Nielsen in that movie. Brigitte Nielsen, part of the cast of one of your favorite movies of all time, Rocky IV. Brigitte Nielsen was married to Mark Gastineau, former pass rusher for the Jets. And we just mm-hmm. talked about the Jets. So I keep it football. Uh, number nine, a team that also got beat pretty bad uh, this week, but I didn't move them. Tennessee Titans, tough road assignment against Philadelphia. They have lost two in a row, but they lost to Cincinnati and Philadelphia. So how much do we make of those losses? Not a lot. I still think they're really good. <laughs> it's crazy. We'll go over a team because Marcus and I don't go over all these teams beforehand. And you have like 50 minutes of material on the Saints and we get to the Titans. You're like, yeah, you know, I don't think it really matters. I, it's, I mean, if you want yeah. me to go into it, I feel like this game changed Man, when Traylon Burks, when Traylon Burks got knocked out with a concussion, it just took all the explosiveness away from this offense They'll be fine. No, I actually wanted – I did want you to go in on the Titans because I really don't want to hear your opinion on the next team because uh, you love this team. Mm-hmm. And I moved them down because they did not play well, and I don't trust them near as much as you do. I've got the Miami Dolphins at eight. That's fair. They didn't play well. Tui didn't play well. Uh, they were missing both offensive tackles, so they had to go out today and sign Eric Fisher. Um, we'll see if that helps at all. Um, they just didn't play well. Eric Fisher, formerly of the Colts, formerly of the Chiefs, former number one overall pick, right? Would that have been uh, 2013 or 12? 13. 2013. Right. Wait, Clowney was 14. 
Fisher was 13. Andrew Luck was 12. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm not as good with the draft as you are. Uh, number seven, I've got the Minnesota Vikings. I dropped them a bit. The Vikings have been dilly-dallying a little bit. Now, they, yes, they played a pesky Jets team, but they played Mike White at home. You should win that game uh, handily. Like, you should be in control of that game. They they made it far too uncomfortable uh, in the late going. They kind of escaped a little bit against New England. They got absolutely blasted by Dallas. I haven't been overly impressed with Minnesota since they beat Buffalo a few weeks back. But they have this ability to win these kind of close, grinded-out games. And it seems like the more and more they do this, the more confidence that they'll build that, hey, if these games get close in the fourth quarter, we're going to win, just like we've done all season long. How long can you continue to win that way? Can you go all the way to the Super Bowl like that? I I just, I think it's going to catch up to them. Rams did it last year. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Well, the team the Rams escaped against the NFC Championship, the 49ers, I have at six. Now, this might be pretty high for a team that just lost their quarterback. I just don't know how to keep them down uh, any lower than this. When your defense gives up almost zero points every game in the second half, I don't know how much they gave up to Miami in the second half this week, but the previous four weeks they gave up zero points. Just one Um, touchdown, seven points. There you go. And, yeah, Tua did not play particularly well, but part of the reason he didn't play well is they forced him to not play well. They won with their third-string quarterback, and it's one thing to win with your third-string quarterback when that quarterback has had the entire week to get reps, to know what the game plan is, to study the other team. When you just get thrown in there in the first quarter, that's about the worst scenario you can have. Yeah, and I guess he was so bad in practice the last couple of weeks that he didn't even know like what hand to to hand the ball off with on certain stretch runs, and they were teaching him how to play under center because he never did that at Iowa State, and he goes out and lights up the Dolphins. I mean, I I don't know how you could put the 49ers any lower than this. In fact, I think you could make an argument they could be even higher. I think their coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for this game. Yep calling the plays um, that that their young quarterback would be comfortable with, whether they talked to him and asked him, what are you comfortable with, whether they decided that. Um, it's pretty doggone impressive. By the way, I think it's a really interesting thing to discuss in the offseason that how do the 49ers address the quarterback position when you have to think about is the guy that we're drafting going to be comfortable under center or not? And I know that they drafted Trey Lance, and that's what they're banking their future on. But it's interesting that if more teams tried to adopt the 49ers style, how much does that come into play? And also the kind of offensive linemen that, you, that you're going to draft as well. Right. Um, that's an offseason discussion, but it just made me think about it. Number five is a team that I've been really high on. Marcus has not been as high on them. Are you buying the Bengals now? Yeah, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I, frankly, I think Joe Burrow is playing better than any other quarterback in the league right now. Um, if you if you agree, you should check out an article that I wrote for PFF that's up there today. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Burrow has been awesome. I I have not seen a quarterback play a better complete game than what I saw Burrow do against the the Chiefs on Sunday. If he's going to play at that level, they can beat anybody. When I said Geno Smith, I was saying this year from week one all the way through. And Burrow, the first month of the season was not as good as he is now. 
hey, it's great that he's playing like this now. I, what I think is really impressive about it, honestly, is that it's been without Jamar Chase. Yeah. It's been ha- having to distribute the ball to different guys. They didn't have Joe Mixon against Tennessee. They were playing with P. Ryan and Higgins being their main guys, and they did fine. And, and, he and no mix of this game. Uh, yep. Jamar Chase, his first game back. Hunter Henry, you or, excuse me, uh, Hayden Hurst. I don't know why I said Hunter Hunter. I said double H, right? The yeah. Hayden Hurst, he was a big part of this game plan early. Like he got four catches on the first two drives, and then he got knocked out with a calf injury, and they had to completely change their offensive game plan. And it didn't matter. He figured it out. Do you know who the best H tight end in NFL history is? Double H? Not double H, just H with the last name. Heath Miller. No, that's it with that. That starts with it. Um, That's right. I'm going to spot you this one. Michael (laughs) Ho'omalanui. Was it? Uh Oh, Malanui, right? Michael (laughs) Ho'omalanui. Yeah. Yeah. Thought you'd like that or not. Uh, Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, They played the Bengals earlier this year. They beat them. I don't know that they'd beat the Bengals right now. Um, that's a tough one. I think it might be five to five on a neutral field, maybe six, four in, in, uh, the Cowboys favor, big win fueled mostly by the defense, but I really want to give the Cowboys two running backs a lot of credit here, man. I, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard were both fantastic. I love the way they're using them now. I don't care how they used to use them. I love how they're using them right now and it's working. Since Dak Prescott returned to the lineup, the Cowboys are averaging 37.1 points per game. Number one offense in the league by far. So shout out to Dak. I just a masterful performance by him on Sunday. <laughs> Y'all can't see Marcus smiling really big right now because, uh, yeah, the broadcast was giving him a game ball and talking about, you know, how well he's been playing and, I'm looking at Dak's numbers. I'm like, the guy's got 170 yards on 30 pass attempts. Um, yeah. Wasn't his best game. He wasn't no, horrible. Was. He wasn't awful. Just, just he missed a lot of plays. Uh, Truthfully, I think it was too. the worst he's played since he's come back from the injury. Uh, but when the rest of your team plays that well, and look, the defense, getting takeaways is huge. I mean, it's still the great elixir for any team. Um I would say that in your offensive line. You get takeaways and your offensive line plays a masterful game, uh, you're going to win pretty much all the time in the NFL. And uh, I think the Cowboys' offensive line, Marcus, deserves a lot of credit. They've played a lot better. They're starting to creep up into one of the more top units in the league when before they were very, very mediocre. Uh, Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs, they lost to Cincinnati. Do you think any differently about them now, I did not drop them uh, below Cincinnati just because they lost this game. I do. I think you could see a little bit of a fatal flaw in this Chiefs team. They lost to Buffalo. They lost to Cincinnati, two of the other contenders in the AFC. Um, they they really struggled against the Titans. They, they very easily could have lost to the Titans with Malik Willis. This offense, there's just something missing about this offense without Tyreek Hill. There's really nobody you can rely on other than Travis Kelsey. I would be worried about this Chiefs team kind of moving forward. This was a very competitive game, and it was in Cincinnati. 
Um, you know, maybe they play in Kansas City. It's different. Yes, I know they played the AFC Championship game last year, but I think Cincinnati snuck up on some folks last year. Although Cincinnati has beat Kansas City now three games in a row. That's worth uh, watching. But I'm honoring what I've seen all year from Kansas City. And well, number what's, two, I have, what's their ahead. best? What's their best win in the or in the conference? Right, they beat the Chargers on Thursday Night Football in Week Two. They beat the Raiders in Kansas City by one point in a game which they were down by a lot. They beat the Titans at home on Sunday Night Football with Malik Willis in a game that went to overtime. They beat the Jags. They beat the Jags. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a little concerning. Like when we play good teams in our conference, we just haven't won. Yeah, I, I think that's also cherry picking a little bit. Because they absolutely blew out Tampa Bay in front in front of a primetime audience in Tampa. Just blew their Tampa's defense had no answers for them the entire night. And I, I I'm with you also with Kansas City. They can be a little bit of a one trick pony sometimes. But my gosh, Mahomes to Kelsey is a Hall of Fame connection. It's kind of like calling Montana to Rice a, and I don't think that's hyperbole. I mean that's how productive or Brady to Gronk. Uh, sometimes when you're at that elite level, it really does supersede having a more balanced offense or balanced approach. I just wonder when they get into the playoffs and they're playing you know, three good teams right in a row, will they have enough offensive firepower to beat them? Well, one way you can win those kind of games is if you can run the ball consistently. And that's something I wonder about with Buffalo as well uh, while we're at it. And in fact, I think it's a big advantage with Cincinnati when they have both Mixon and Pirine because they do, even when they're not running particularly effective, Cincinnati does not go away from it too much. And they still try to have some balance as good as Joe Burrow is. And I think that's a smart approach uh, because the run game always travels. Uh, Speaking of the Bills, they're number two. Um, Their running game is not really what I want to talk about. Uh, We've seen Josh Allen, who was really having a rough stretch, but – I thought the Bills looked pretty good against the Patriots on Thursday night. Yeah, they're, they're the most complete team in the AFC. They still have some consistency issues. I still worry about their secondary a little bit, but I think they're going to wind up being the number one seed in the conference. I'd be worried as much as I like Cincinnati, and I've been high on Cincinnati. If Cincinnati had to go to Buffalo to play, I'd just be worried that Buffalo would just get off to one of these kind of track meet starts where the crowd is going wild and Cincinnati's secondary is getting exposed. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that wouldn't happen. Maybe Joe Burrow could keep up with it. But uh, you also don't know what the weather conditions would be like in January in Buffalo as well. But I've got the Bills number two. Number one should be obvious. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. They played a really good football team, a really well-coached team on Sunday and we're in control the entire game. They don't seem to be getting weaker, Marcus. And Jalen Hurts is having – is he – I guess you think Joe Burrow right now would be first-team All-Pro quarterback? Would it still be Mahomes? Because last week you told me you thought Mahomes was MVP. I think Mahomes will probably get it just because his raw stats are better. But if you tell me I get any quarterback in the league to win one game right now, I kind of think I might pick Burrow. And that's fine, but you could certainly make a case for Jalen Hurts because of his ability with his legs. I think, and he's not some bad thrower either. No. I mean, I, I think, 
kind of think Hurts should win MVP this year. I, I I wouldn't argue against it. I wouldn't argue against Joe Burrow winning MVP. I wouldn't argue against Patrick Mahomes winning MVP. Micah Parsons has dropped off a little bit. Yeah, I thought he should have gotten. And I'm not being a Cowboys guy here. I just. I think defensive players should be considered a little bit more. I thought Debo Samuel last year, wide receiver should have been really considered for MVP, but uh, I think her, I'm kind of dropping Josh Allen out of it a little bit, man, because Uh, too many turnovers, right? Yeah. Too many turnovers. So right now I think I would probably have it. uh, Probably Mahomes hurts Burrow. Can I give you one more guy? Just like a way uh, long shot. Yeah, let's hear it. What if the 49ers win like the next five games and it's because Nick Bosa is averaging like two sacks a game yeah. and their defense is awesome. He had three sacks against the Dolphins and he was just the best player on the field by far. Why not? I I, I, I won't argue that at all. I mean, in fact, I think at this point I would take him for defensive player of the year over Micah. Um, I, and no we've kind of... I think he's been awesome this year. Uh, I do too. Any other candidates for MVP just while we're here talking about it? I, I, I'm going to throw out a name that doesn't deserve to win it. But again, I think this is Geno Smith has had a, just a phenomenal year. I don't think he's the MVP of the league. But if I had to pick like my fifth guy, he might be it. I don't know that I can really think of anyone else that has meant that much to their team. I mean, this won't happen because running backs never get it, especially on teams that are five and seven. But Josh Jacobs just just broke the record for most rushing yards by a Raider ever in the first twelve games of the season. The Raider, I don't know if you know this, Elliot, because you're not like a big history guy, but the Raiders have had pretty good running backs in their in their history. Uh, you know, most famously both Jackson. I bet you I can guess who had the most rushing yards through the first 12 games of the season. And it's not Bo Jackson, the legend of Bo. It's Marcus Allen, 1985, would be my guess. Ooh, close. Zach Crockett. But, yeah, it was it's a good guess, though. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So, wait, what's that? It's Marcus Allen, by the way, just in case people forgot. But Yeah, well, uh, no, Marcus Josh Allen, Jacobs, MVP in 85. Yeah, jo- Josh Jacobs through 12 games. Uh, 1,600 yards and 10 touchdowns. The Raiders have had, I think, three MVPs. If uh, Ken Stabler won it one year in the 70s. Uh, Marcus Allen won it in the 80s. And didn't Rich Gannon win MVP in 2002? I think so, right? Yeah, because I think 03 was the year that McNair and Manning were co-MVP. Mm-hmm. And then Manning won it in 04 and so on and so forth. Um, okay, those are the power rankings, and uh, I feel pretty good about this list. I thought for sure you were going to have a problem with the Lions at 12, and mm-hmm. I thought for sure you were going to have a problem with Miami at 8. Was there anything you did have a big problem with? Just the Saints, but I've been having a problem with them all night, <laughs> so it's fine. Just leave them there. Do you want them at 32? I mean, no, because my guy Lovey has to be at 32. Like he's just oh, We're just going to call that the Lovey Smith spot forever. Oh, boy. Hey, it's uh, there's plenty of argument to be had. Let You guys let me know if I uh, did anything wrong here. But as always, I give you the final word, sir. No, I, I, I'm turning it over to you. You uh, you got to watch uh, a great movie this weekend, Failure to Launch. Do you want to give me some notes on it? I'm going to wait until our Thursday night podcast because I refuse 
to bore you guys all to tear with my complaints about Amazon. But I just want to say that Colts Cowboys Sunday night was a blowout and it was still very entertaining in the fourth quarter because of the broadcast. We're able to have some discussions about Odell, about stuff going around the league. There was still energy. Okay, I'm done. I will say my uh, my pastor at my church came up to me on Sunday and he said, you know, you guys made some really good points about Amazon's broadcast in Al Michaels and Herb Street and then just not having chemistry. So I, I, I don't think we're the only ones out there that's a little bit um, frustrated by the uh, the show over there. I think the last two nights are a perfect example. I thought Aikman and Buck were great in this game. The game was boring a lot of the game, but it turned out exciting and it felt like a big game by the end of the game. But really the Colts Cowboys is exhibit A of what we're talking about. It's 53 to 19 or 54. I don't even remember 54, 19. I don't know. And you know, a lot. They, but they found other things to talk about uh, in the game that made it interesting and their energy never waned. And uh, yeah. Anyway. Can so we stop talking about the Saints? It just that. makes me more mad every single time you bring up that stupid movie. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. This is not one I would recommend you guys rewatch, although you're going to see Tom Brady uh, all day tomorrow on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and whatever else social media Marcus posts on. Uh, speaking of, you can catch all his takes at Marcus underscore Mosher as he buries his head in his hands. He covers the Cowboys for Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. And he covers the Raiders for USA Today, where you can get some more Josh Jacobs tweets and takes, even though he didn't believe in Josh Jacobs two years ago, and somebody had to convince him, but I won't say who. Uh, I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we really appreciate you guys. Take care. We'll be joined on Wednesday by Dennis Allen to help us make picks. Should be a lot of fun. (laughs) Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.